Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. I am your host, Betsy Wiersma. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And the cool thing is you can learn something, you can meet someone, you can try a new idea on and make a change that can make your life even better. And speaking of someone who has led the world, served our state in the world, uh, innovated, created, Paula Hertzmark is today on Boost Power Podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I am absolutely delighted to get to be part of this. Thank you. Well, we are delighted to have you. As many of you that listen know, MSU Denver, the anchor institution for Colorado, Metropolitan State University of Denver, has been a partner of the Camp Experience Network, and we asked them to help us find amazing women. And they, at the top of their list, was Paula. And as I read her resume, I had a total girl crush on you from all the things that you have done, Paula. Um, Not only are you the CEO of the Heart Center for Public Service at MSU Denver, which we'll get to in great detail, but you have directed the Denver Health Foundation, which is renowned for the the impact and the wonderful things you've done for this community. You've been involved with the Jewish Community Center, which is near and dear to our heart. My husband does lots and lots of their social events, and we have many, many good friends over there. You have worked in cable television. You worked for Governor Lamb. Uh, You have worked for Equal Rights for Women, and you've packaged that all into a very condensed amount of service. So I'm so curious for you to tell all the listeners a little bit about the Paula story. Like, you know, in third grade, were you leading the senior float, the junior (laughs) third grade float? Come clean, come clean of your pedigree, Paula. Whatever started you on this amazing path? Well, there are no floats um, involved anywhere. (laughs) No Uh, floats. About that, no floats. Uh, I was never the queen of uh, any parade or anything like that. But I feel like I've had a really... A blessed career. I've I've had a lot of fun. I feel like I've had an impact. I've made a difference in people's lives. And that's what's important to me. I was born in Honolulu, Hawaii, to parents that both served our country during World War II and then stayed in Honolulu after the war ended to start a family. My sister and I were both born there and grew up there until it was time to go to school. And then we came back to the mainland. And my father was an astrophysicist, took us to El Paso, Texas, so he could work at White Sands Missile Range. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It um, was live in El Paso or live in Alamogordo, New Mexico. Yeah. We lived in El Paso. He commuted every day to White Sands Missile Range. And we had a a great, I feel like I had a great childhood. Two parents that loved me, a loving family. It was wonderful. And at the dinner table, my father would talk about how he could have gone to work for the private sector and probably made more money than he did um, running different organizations up at White Sands. But he wanted to give back to his country. And so he worked for the government really virtually his whole career because it was important to him. My mother left college in the middle of World War II to go to Hawaii to 
worked for her country um, during the war. There was a real ethic in our family around service. And I feel lucky to have had that kind of an upbringing. And so I went right to work um, in some political campaigns when I first came here after I got out of graduate school and, um, and then settled into working for Colorado Common Cause, which was the first state common cause agency in the country. There were many after that, but we were kind of the model how to build it. Uh, I started out as the research director, became the executive director, worked as the regional director for Common Cause. When I had an opportunity to run a Ford Foundation grant on equal rights for education, for women in education, at the Education Commission in the States. And I did that. I developed uh, with assistance uh, model legislation, model state board of education. All uh, kinds of innovation, <laughs> like an unbelievable amount of innovation. And that was that was a while back. That was a little um groundbreaking for sure for you to be advocating for women what years would that have been that would have been 1975 76 yeah. and um and this took me all over the country it was all about implementing title 9 and so all of the all of the uh, drafts that we did, all the booklets we prepared for legislatures and state boards of ed and so on, were to help them implement Title IX. Yeah, and yeah. so I, I had a great time. I was on, in almost every state capital in the country, and it was thrilling. Paula, will you stop for a minute for the young people? And will you tell them what Title IX was? Because I think my 20-year-old daughter couldn't, for a million dollars, tell you what Title IX was. Well, I'll tell you as an example. Yes. When I was in high school and junior high, I liked to play basketball. But at that time, girls' basketball was uh, allowing girls to only run half the court, and you could only dribble twice. And the reason for that is we wouldn't want girls to sweat. It wasn't ladylike. And so where I grew up in West Texas, that's how it was, but that's how it was in many parts of the country. Title IX is the legislation that passed that um, assured that girls would have the same opportunities in sports as boys did. And that schools, including grade schools, uh, middle schools, high schools, universities, would all have to have those same opportunities and same investment in girls sports as boys. And so it was a game changer across the country. Uh, and it there was some resistance, as you might imagine, in some parts of the country. And uh, so it was a challenge, but it was fascinating. It was important. And today, girls get to play basketball all over the court, and they can dribble more than twice. Oh, my gosh. And they get to do, you know, I graduated from college in 79, so... I uh, had friends that were athletes and that played field hockey, women that had scholarships yeah. uh, by 1979 and uh, 83. I went to college in 79. So that was, you know, amazing for the time. And for those of you who didn't know that, I think, you know, it's like life before the cell phone. <laughs> you know, what would my daughter do with a rotary dial phone? I think she thinks they're cool. 
Because she's seen them in an antique store. They are antiques and life before Title IX was an anachronism as well. Uh, yes. Back to another era. So we don't even have to worry about that anymore because it's done. And I, I feel grateful to have had a part in that. The Ford Foundation invested a lot to make that happen. Um, I left that when the governor of Colorado, who was two years into his first term, um, asked me to come and be his legislative liaison and run the legislative program for the administration, his administration, and um, be his sort of political advisor. And so I did that and had a terrific experience, um, got involved in all kinds of issues across the board. And when Jimmy Carter cleaned out, not completely, but cleaned out several slots in the governor's cabinet, um, he appointed me to his cabinet. So at 29, I began my service as the executive director of the Colorado Department of Local Affairs, which is everything from local government um, to um, property taxation, energy impact assistance, um, it included housing, it included commerce and development, international trade. I, I had the Colorado Bureau of Investigation in my department at that time. I had the criminal justice uh, program in my department, the Colorado Law Enforcement Training Academy. It was a very diverse, fascinating, exciting, dynamic time in my life to be uh, the head of that department travel all over the state, working with local governments, working with chambers of commerce. I, I fell in love with people who uh, were novices at government, but who cared about their communities. I loved working with the people in rural areas all over the state. They cared so deeply about making life better for their communities. And it didn't really matter whether they were Democrats or Republicans. I'm not sure I ever really knew yeah. uh, because what was important was giving back to community. And that's who they were. I loved them. And I loved that work. Well, I have a girlfriend question for you. So okay. here you are, 29 years old, and you had a really great pedigree of your national experience. But did you ever... I'm sure there were lots of men around the tables. There were probably not as many women as there are today. Did you ever have a day where you had that, you know, imposter feeling like, oh, no, you know, I'm in charge of all these things. You know, dear God, please give me the, the wisdom. You know, tell us about the, the girlfriend's side of being in such an amazing role at 29 years old. I mean, I'm fascinated by that. Well... I'm, I, you know, I, I don't remember feeling terribly insecure about the work out in the, in the larger community in the state. I, I loved the people and I believed in what the administration was doing. And so I felt confident. Yeah. I, I did have doubts about myself on the management side early on. Um, I brought together a team that um, there had been some vacancies. As soon as I was appointed, several of the division directors retired. <laughs> so I had a chance to appoint really strong people and I did and they batted heads a lot. And there were times when I questioned my ability to manage all these strong, talented people. But for the most part, 
I just sort of dedicated myself to the excitement of making change and making a difference in communities around the state. And it, and so it felt good. It felt natural. And I, I was comfortable. Yeah. It seems like you were so on purpose for service that you didn't have to worry about the small things. You know, this personality, that personality, let's get back on what's good for Colorado. You know, what gifts and talents that it sounds like you well-respected that so many people have and bring to the table. And you got to orchestrate, like a great orchestra, all the players toward that common good. Uh, Well, that's a very generous way of putting it. But um, I, I think you're right. I think it was it was about bringing people together. It was about um, offering resources to communities um, that needed them. We had a lot of um, energy development in Colorado at that time, and at that time, all the severance all the severance money, um, severance tax money, went into a fund um, that was managed by the director of the Department of Local Affairs. And so we built water systems, sewer systems, community centers, uh, hospital wings, um, fire department, um, fire engines, as well as buildings. We built all up and down the Western Slope. Um, it It was a thrilling, thrilling time the pace of it, the excitement of it, um, and the purposefulness of, of making a difference in these communities. It was, there. there's, it's corny, I guess, in a way, but it was a thrill to well, be able to do that. You are preaching to the choir. I was an intern for Governor Bob Orr right out of college in 1983 as a governor's fellow, and I got to work in seven agencies, including the Department of Transportation. So I know about raised pavement markers, which is important in Colorado because we do pave our, uh, we do have to to plow, plowable pavement markers. And then uh, uh, my very best friend was the uh, director of media for the governor. And so I started my career also in public service in Indiana. And there's no kind of thrill like good government. Um, At that, on a toast to good government, heartfelt, well-led government, we're going to go to break. We will be right back. You are listening to Boost Power Podcast with your host, Betsy Wiersma. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life. Now, back to Boost. And we're back. Paula Hertzmark has literally done almost anything I can think of for good for the good of our state, for the good of the world, for the good of women in Title IX, which I, I just hope if you didn't know what that was, you take a little time to understand the, the foundation that has been laid for many of you that are younger, that are listening to this, uh, that allows you not to even think that you couldn't play a sport or be well-respected because of Title IX. And this orchestration for good, Paula, you have now brought to our anchor institution, Metropolitan State University of Denver, Uh, to serve the students and to make a difference in the world. So will you tell everybody a little bit about the Heart Center and so they can understand uh, the great adventure that you are in right now? 
Thank you. I'm excited to share what we're doing because I think it's unique and, and very exciting for, for students at MSU and uh, for the community. What we're, what we're about is inspired by the career of former Senator Gary Hart, a U.S. Senator from the state of Colorado for about eight years, who was also a candidate twice for President of the United States and has dedicated his, his whole life to public service. And our goal is to inspire students of diverse backgrounds to go into public service and to provide the opportunity to acquire the tools that it takes to be effective in public service. And so our job is to crank people up and let them see all the exciting possibilities of, of public service, and then um, to help them figure out how to get to, how to do it when they get there. And so we offer, for example, um, paid internships to students who want to test their wings in public service, who have an interest already. And um, we, we pay them and uh, they go to work for not-for-profits or they go to work in government. Um, and we're in our second cohort right now, just finishing that up, getting ready to start our third. And we have students working in all kinds of agencies um, and not-for-profits. It's been very exciting. And let me just say before I go any further that MSU Denver was the best place in Colorado and maybe even in the country to begin this kind of work because of the ethic of public service that runs across disciplines, that is a part of the heart and soul of MSU Denver. Public service is part of where the faculty comes from, the staff, and there are so many students that really want to dedicate their lives to giving back to the communities that have given them so much. And so it's a very inspiring thing to be a part of. And, and so MSU Denver was, was picked for this process, for this center, because of who it is and what's important to it as an institution. Um, and then, of course, its student body. Well, and that comes from the top down with Dr. Janine Davidson, who was the Undersecretary of the Navy. And if you're interested to learn more about her, please listen to her episode on Boost Power Podcast, because it is really the girlfriend backstory of someone that had a dream, and she just didn't know she couldn't do it just because she was a woman, and she did it. And now she has focused her time and talent and treasure on MSU Denver and has incredible leadership uh, in this direction of empowering every single dream of these students from the most diverse population ever. MSU really serves the most diverse population. So so let's say, so I'm a student. Is this associated with a degree program? Am I um, studying public service at MSU Denver? Or is this something that every single incoming student has an opportunity to just test the water? How does that work? This is a, a program that is, uh, that is available to any student and no matter what they're studying. We had a student who was studying water engineering. We got that student an internship at Denver Water. 
He was thrilled and he had an extraordinary experience. And so did Denver Water. Um, so that's the way it should work. And, and that's the way that it does work. And so, um, no, there isn't a degree, a degree path right now um, for a degree in public service, but that's something we're thinking about and looking at. But right now, if you're in political science, if you're in social work, um, there we have history students, we have philosophy students, we have psychology students, um, students who are majoring in communications of different kinds, engineering. It's it is across disciplines, and and that is part of what I think is exciting because you can give back to your community, no matter what your particular. Um, subject matter interest is. There's a lot you can do and give back. And this is an opportunity. The center offers opportunities to experiment with where that might be and how it might work, whether it's in government or in a not-for-profit or even in philanthropy. There are lots of ways to be involved in, in service, in public service. Well, so if, if you are... Um a corporation and you're in the Denver metropolitan area or surrounding areas and you're interested, if you are somebody who has either a philanthropic focus or perhaps a, a community affairs department, because in my experience, a little bit working in companies, I was in the PR department of an insurance company and my job was to find things in the community to do. Uh, we had interns in the day. Um, how how do corporations and nonprofits find you to get plugged in? Is there an application process? If someone's listening, I, I know a few charity startups that would love an MSU Denver brilliant student of any age to help them on their mission. So tell us a little bit about how that works. Well, we've sought out some non-for-profits and some government positions, but we also listen to students who want to do an internship. And if they're interested in um, working in international, for example, we've set students up with the Posner Center, but we reached out to them to see if they would take interns. Um, the United Nations um, Association, um, we reached out to them to see if they would take a student. Um, others hear about us and call us or email us and ask if they can participate. We haven't had any corporations and their philanthropy uh, endeavors um, reach out to us, but that is something that we would absolutely consider, the philanthropy piece of it, the community right. development piece of it. Um, we wouldn't put interns in... Um, just in corporations uh, to learn about business that right. really isn't our mission, but the um, the community piece would would definitely qualify. We're looking for those opportunities um, to make them available to students, and we're letting students tell us uh, what they're looking for. We've had several ask for opportunities in mental health, and we've been able to identify several places now in the larger metropolitan area where they could go to work for mental health agencies and make a difference. And so it's just one example, but uh, we want the student to have input as well as, as where they're going to intern. So I was reading around the website, there's opportunities for people to sponsor one of these interns, right? So you do accept people that want to support public service. So are you a nonprofit organization? And then how does someone sponsor one of these internships? 
We are not-for-profit. We're a 501c3. Uh, we have foundation funding as well as individuals helping fund our work, as well as MSU helping fund our work. And um, we have opportunities for individual donors or corporate donors to adopt an intern or an internship. Um, we're going to be sending students, for example, to Washington, D.C. next summer. And um, we would love to have sponsors uh, for, for those students. Um, we would love to have sponsors for the students who are involved in internships here in Colorado, here in Denver, in the metropolitan area. So, yes. Um, we yes, and. yes, and yes, and welcome all of you. Please find Paula. She will plug you in. There's nothing that that can't be imagined when you have a leader like Paula. Well, tell the listeners from all of the experiences you've had, Paula. And again, on behalf of all of Colorado and all women in the country, thank you. All athletes, thank you for your advocacy and your, you know, it sounds all glamorous to list it, but I know that behind every one of those titles were long hours and dedication and and really um, putting your heart into every single thing you've done. So as as much as everybody thinks like, oh yeah, 16 years camp experience, million dollars, ah, piece of cake. They don't know, you know, the 20 hour days uh, that are behind the scenes. So thank you on behalf of everyone. But if you were telling people listening, three things from your career that you would advise others to consider three ideas, things that you do or what you found have been part of being successful in so many walks of life and in service in so many, so many ways. What would be three things you might come to mind? Well, I think the most important would be to follow your heart. Um, don't do something that where you think the, the, the money might be worth the trade-off of something that isn't that interesting to you or that you don't care that much about. Um, that is never going to be a recipe for success. So follow your heart, do what, do what you care about. Um, when I went to Denver Health um, to run the foundation there, I, I fell in love with our patients. I fell in love with our caregivers who were so devoted to our patients. Um, you can't um, you can't put your arms around how powerful that is. I, I will always want to be a part of something like, uh, like that, like Denver Health, like the Jewish Community Center, like MSU Denver, um, like our state or local governments. Um, be where your passion is. Be where you can make a difference. Um, that, I think, is the single most important message that I have. There are all kinds of sub messages about how you manage and how you make the decision about which opportunity to pursue. But the bottom line of it all is um, go with your heart, go where you feel like you're making change, you're having an impact. And if you do that, you will have that impact. You will make a difference. And I, I can't encourage young people enough um, to go where their heart is, go with that ethic of giving back, um, go with the importance of um, our government and our not-for-profits um, doing what is needed by our communities. Um, the 
we, we live in a democratic republic. You and I talked about this a little before the show. Um, we live in a democratic republic. There's a lot of talk about all of our rights and our freedoms. And yes, we have many rights and many freedoms. That's the democracy part. The republic part is about our duties and our responsibilities as citizens of this great country and this great state. And I think that what the heart center at the at the heart of the heart center is not just understanding our our rights and our freedoms but understanding our duties and our responsibilities as citizens and to be part of our communities and to participate and those are messages that can't be emphasized enough. I think that right now with so much division in the country, it's even more important than ever that we all participate in our own way. We can all make a difference. And if you can make a difference with your career as well as your free time, um, you are an angel. Well, there you go. There, if You couldn't say it any better than that. Please tell everyone how to find out more information about the Heart Center so they can look up and find some more details on how to get involved. The Heart Center for Public Service dot org is our website. You can learn there or you can reach out directly to me at MSU Denver. Um, my um, email address is p. Herzmar, H-E-R-Z-M-A-R at msudenver.edu. Please go online, take a look at our website, and then reach out to me and let's see how um, I can help hook you up with something exciting, some exciting opportunity that will set you on a path for your career. Nothing would please me more and um, we will be meeting the goals and mission of the heart center in the process. Well, as you can tell, there's a lot of enthusiasm in this human being who has been a servant on so many levels. And uh, thank you for the service of your family in the military. I'm very, very close to many of those uh, families, and that means a lot. And it's so great that that inspiration from your parents and who they were is now just flourished and their daughter, and probably the, the other children. Uh, and we are so honored that you shared this time with us today. And I just appreciate all of you listening to Boost Power Podcast. Our entire mission is to just expose you to education, information, stories, people you might not meet that can inspire you and your life journey. And then you can join me and Paula and many of us who love to do good and have fun, as I say, and make a difference for this world every day. We can't wait for you to hear our next episode. This is your host, Betsy Wearsman. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging in stories from the journey of life and business. Our music is by award-winning singer-songwriter Megan Burt, and we're produced at the Cinder Sound Studios in Colorado. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, people committed to podcasts on purpose that are designed to uplift and inspire. Please subscribe to Boost on your favorite podcast platform and tell your friends to join us. Learn more? BetsyWearsma.com.